Welcome to Sports Business Secrets. I'm your host, Kevin Tarka. This podcast is specifically designed to share secrets from experts in the sports business world to help you along your own path to success in this industry. Each episode is packed with lessons and insights that never expire. You'll hear from general managers of professional teams to CEOs of sports tech companies to agents, coaches, players, and everything in between. I invite you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing players and coaches, traveling the world, and always finding a way to battle through obstacles in this competitive industry. Stolly, welcome to Sports Business Secrets. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kevin. It's uh, it's an honor to have you on today. And uh, as, as you know, on this podcast, we'd like to dive behind the scenes and share some sports business and life secrets with the audience that they cannot just find online. And real quick here, I'll, I'll give you the floor in a second, but for those who are unfamiliar, uh, Sully currently serves as the executive vice president for Learfield. He's responsible for name, image, and likeness strategy, growth, and development across their uh, nearly 200 university partners. He previously led part of Learfield's multimedia rights business, which we'll hear about today. Before Learfield, he served in executive positions at UC Berkeley and IMG College. Um, and I can go on and on about his, uh, his, his experience here. Uh, but obviously, we're going to take full advantage of the wisdom and experience that, uh, that he brings to the podcast today by asking lots of questions. So uh, officially, welcome. No, thank you. No pressure here, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. I know it's going to be educational. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I give my guests usually like a minute or two just to kind of uh, explain to the audience, you know, where you're from and, and what got you into sports, where you grew up, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll go deep. I grew up in a small town in Kodiak, Alaska, uh, which is a commercial fishing town. Um, and you were a big deal if you owned a fishing boat in our town. So I grew up wanting to be a fisherman. Um, but my mom said, you, before you can be a fisherman, you need to to go to a university and receive your degree. And and uh, I also wrestled growing up. My dad was a wrestling coach. And uh, and so sports was formative in, in, in my life and my brothers and sisters' lives growing up in that small community. Um, went to University of Oregon, was a student athlete, wrestled for the, the Fighting Ducks, um, met my wife uh, at that university. She's a California girl, so we did not move back up to Alaska. But, um, you know, university... Uh, athletics, uh, college athletics was very formative in my experience in transitioning from um, a boy to a man in, in a lot of different ways. And, uh, and I experienced all the, the awesome benefits of being a, a college student athlete. And uh, it led to, you know, when I kind of recalibrated what I wanted to do as a profession, um, I kept coming back to my experiences as a student athlete, and uh, and that led me to the path of working at Sacramento State and then UC Berkeley, um, ISP, back to UC Berkeley, and then to Learfield, uh, and into the position I am I'm at now. Awesome. So so I have to ask. So when you were at Oregon, obviously, I mean it's hard to keep track of all of the. Uh, all the upgrades and all the facilities they're building. Um, but, you know, so, so when you were there, was it, was it, I'm trying to even remember when, when, you know, Nike, when Nike started, it seems like, yeah. you know, it's forever now. Right. But um, so what, what was it? I mean, that's a student athlete. What was that? What was that like with, with the Nike, with the facilities, with, you know, a, a prestigious university like that? Well, it, it all changed 
right after I left. So I would say the 95 okay. uh, Rose Bowl when Oregon played Penn State on um, and it seemed like Phil Knight really started leaning in and supporting the university and the athletics program at about that time. It could be a little bit before that um, or after that. But it seemed like that, that that Rose Bowl was really instrumental in taking uh, Oregon athletics to the next level. And, uh, you know, I just went back this past summer and brought my daughter on campus and the power of a successful uh, athletics program has uh, has been felt across campus, right? I mean, all the, from the library to uh, the the law building, um, it's the entire campus uh, is feeling the effects of Phil Knight, and uh, it, it it's thriving for sure. Definitely, that must be cool to be a be a, an alumni of that uh, oh, prestigious university. Um, yes. And and before we jump into like you know obviously more of the sports business talk, I always think it's important to discuss like that transition from especially from being a student athlete in college um, to you know what you want to do with your life. And, and and you mentioned briefly like you know you kept kind of re as you were calibrating what you wanted to do in life, you you kept going back to what you learned as a student athlete. So can you talk a little bit about like first like what you wanted to be when you when you grew up? Um, and then into like what that transition was like after you knew that, Hey, look, this is going to be my last wrestling match. Like, what am I, what am I doing here? Like, what do I have a passion for? It, you know, it, it's interesting. Right. And I, I see a lot of student athletes, um, they're getting much better and more equipped. And I think that this is going to be one of the, the major benefits of NIL. You know, I spent so much time either in the mat room or in the weight room on um, it was wrestling and academics. Um, certainly, you know, there were social experiences in there and, and time as well, but it, I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't have a, really a lot of time to be intentional about what I was going to do once I left. I just didn't put thought into it. And um, because you're so focused on uh, your academics and athletics and, and, and you're really programmed out and I, was still trying to get a handle on my time management skills. Um, I vividly remember when I grad, when I finished my final exam my senior year, and I, I, I've showed this bench on campus to my wife and kids. I went and sat on the bench, and it was it was like a Forrest Gump moment. I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, it, it was and it was literally after I had completed my final exam. And a lot of that was just my focus and attention was in, in the endeavors of being a student athlete. And um, it's an abrupt transition. And I think that's one of the, the really exciting things that NIL is, is going to unlock for the student athlete experience. You think about it, right? Um, the narrative for universities and the pitch to student athletes was come to our respective university you know, receive a meaningful degree, win championships, and develop uh, to be the very best self, character development. The The fourth leg to that stool now is NIL and personal brand development and making sure that you have commercial opportunities. And, uh, and I think that student athletes are going to demand and expect that to be part of the a cornerstone of their student athlete experience 
And all the soft skills that are developed from NIL to talking to corporate partners, to being able to read a contract, to developing your personal brand, to understanding that you have to pay taxes on the revenue that you earn. All those kind of business principles are, are things that we're seeing student athletes get really good at quickly as they understand the power of their brand through NIL. And I just think it's going to be a meaningful piece of the student athlete experience moving forward. I mean, we could get in this discussion. I know that there's a there's a lot of criticisms of NIL right now, and, and you're seeing a uh, behind-the-scenes pay-for-play aspect. And and uh, But I think NIL is the best thing that's ever happened to college sports. I, I believe it. I know there's a lot of things that need to be ironed out and worked through, which we will figure out. But you can't tell me that student-athletes can't realize the, the revenue opportunities that uh, they can experience from NIL. I completely agree. And, and that's what I was going to highlight. I know before we started talking, you know, that, that quote stuck out that you said, look, NIL is probably the best thing that happened to college sports. And um, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think I'm well aware that there are a lot of, um, let's say, arguments against it. Um, and, and rightfully so to an extent, but let's not forget how young this is, right? This, this should have been a thing, um, you know, a free market for student athletes since the beginning. Obviously, that didn't happen. So now it's trying to make up for the many, many years, many decades of student athletes not being able to monetize, right? But um, it, it's it's a good thing. It really is. It, it needs to be, um, you, you know, uh, regulated in certain ways, but that's that's going to change for the next several years for sure. And and we've already seen it change, right? Like, you know, how yeah. two years in, we've already seen it change. This is student athletes. It's a free marketplace. Should be able to experience and realize the full benefits of their name, image, and likeness, and, and all the the revenue opportunities that come along with that, but also um, the soft benefits that come along with that, you know, is developing into a savvy business person, and that's going to be just as meaningful as winning a championship on the field. And I think that that's an awesome benefit that's being unlocked with NIL. Agreed. And as crazy as it is to uh, to think that college athletes at that age are driving around Bentleys, um, the fact of the matter is, for a free marketplace, the price of something is, is or the value of something is what somebody's willing to pay. And if that's the value of a student athlete's, um, you know, exposure or or obviously name, image and likeness, then then that's the value. And you start questioning, well, why was that being limited before? Now, right. is that student athlete, if they decide to use that money and spend it on a Rolls Royce or a Bentley, that, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and that's where the soft skills come in and where skills that student athletes need to learn and be supported by their university and by their um, you know, partners, um, uh, generally speaking. But anyways, um, you know, I agree. It's, it's, it's changed tremendously. And, uh, and I definitely want to dive into it a little bit more here. So I guess before we jump into the NIL specifically with Learfield. Maybe maybe you can give um just for the audience, um talk a little bit more about Learfield and just like a like an overview of of you know when when I think Learfield or when somebody hears Learfield, I think they think sports marketing company, which is correct, but you know there's there's obviously a lot there. So can you give a little bit of a of a of a 30,000 foot view of Learfield and you know what you guys do? 
Yeah, so Learfield is the leading technology uh, and media company in the college space. And our mission is to power the connections of fans and brands to the experiences they love, right? And so we have within our divisions, we have CLC, which is a leading license and merchandising company that provides marketing platforms for about uh, 800 institutions around the company around the country. We have Pac Yolen, which is a leading ticketing, fundraising, and marketing analytics company. And then we've got Sidearm Sports, which provides uh, official websites, mobile apps, live streaming stats, and then provides uh, multimedia rights services for about 200 universities and conferences around the country. And what that means, and, and you see that in the traditional sense, multimedia rights, you know, back when I first started was what you saw when you walked into a stadium and at a live sporting event to be your signage, your PA announcements, your video board announcements, radio commercials, and those were the staple of putting together partnerships. Multimedia rights is continuing to develop and Cole Gehagen, our CEO, is really you know, uh, pushing the innovation in making sure that we are aggregating first party data rights from college, you know, the college audience. And we've got nearly 150 million first party data audience members that Learfield has access to for our brands. We are developing Learfield studios and custom content for corporate partners. So content creation is a huge focus for us. I remember when I first started Packaging a radio spot was a big deal for a corporate partner. And then the evolution became a TV visible sign or a web banner on the official athletic website. And those things are still really important assets, but it is now developing into how do we connect brands directly to the college audience and to the fans with our first par party data connections in digital campaigns that can geo-target and track that individual college fan that may be living in LA, uh, but graduated from the University of Oklahoma and making sure that we're connecting that fan. Now, we, for the first time ever, we can incorporate the power of the student athlete voice and in student athlete influencer marketing. And that's where it gets really exciting is the custom content creation and storytelling and authentic connections that those student athletes can have to their university communities to amplify, you know, the digital digital activation and experiential and promotions and signage uh, and print ads and outdoor uh, billboards that these corporate partners have been accustomed to. Now they can incorporate the student athlete voice, name, image, and likeness into their brand campaigns, and I think it's it's super exciting where this is going to go. Yeah, obviously a lot to unpack there, and and the business has uh, has has dramatically changed since uh, you know since even I was in school. Um, but but I want to touch on a couple of things that you, that you just talked about. So first is, um, you know, I I heard you mention student athlete influencing, um, which I think is the right way to address it because a lot of people will just say NIL, but it's really student athletes influencing their audience um, sure. to leverage either the school's name or their own name or a brand's name in a, you know, in a partnership deal. Um, and obviously uh, Learfield has done a great job recently of adding in content creation and storytelling. And that I, personally, I think um, those are the most powerful campaigns. So can you talk a little bit about 
um, specifically, um, you know, the, the, the service that you provide that Learfield provides in regards to NIL, um, like what the role is in the market. Um, you know, obviously you have a suite of solutions there, um, but even just, you know, an overview on, on how Learfield is, is, is tapping into that and, and, and solving those, um, those problems. Yeah. So we rolled out our allied platform about a year and a half ago. And, and what Learfield Allied is, is the opportunity for brands to use school intellectual property rights with a student athlete. And so now, now a student athlete can go out and connect with a brand and run an NIL campaign without their marks and logos. But as you can imagine, there's very few student athletes around the country that are recognizable or can realize the full benefit of the NIL campaign without the, the use of the school's marks and logos or being in their uniform. What we bring, that benefit we bring with Learfield Allied is uh, the opportunity for brands to activate school IP with NIL. And, and all of a sudden you see it and you see it with Dunkin' Donuts, you see it with the Cheez-It campaign we just ran with Michigan. We, we put together 178 deals this year with corporate partners that incorporated NIL into their agreement with the use of marks and logos and school IP. And when you bring the brand with marks and logos, with the student athlete voice all together, what we're seeing is some really cool uh, campaigns and creative content that's being generated and uh, some strong results that are coming from these campaigns. You know, for example, I think Duncan uh, Donuts this past year engaged almost 50 student athletes at 24 universities. That resulted in 23 million impressions with that campaign, 13 million video views. And so what, what brands are realizing is that when you bring the power of the student athlete voice and the custom content that they can create with school IP and with all the other at multimedia rights sponsorship assets that they have at their disposal, that the campaigns have a strong ROI. Well, yeah. So, so I have two follow-up questions on that. And, and that was a great example, the Dunkin' Donuts deal. So the first one is, can, can you break that down a little bit in, in regards to um, – who, who manages some of that stuff? Because one of the topics that I'm sure we can go on a tangent about is, you know, some of the, some of the actual um, athletic operations. So, so like the coaches saying, okay, well now I have to deal with some of my players doing all these, all these deals and, 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 and managing this. But on my end, I also think it's important to highlight for the athletes, like, yeah, you have some deliverables now, like you're not just going to get a check. You're That's not right. just going to get paid to do this. Right. So maybe break down like, um, like, who's overseeing some of that? Does Dunkin' Donuts have somebody that, that oversees it? Do you guys, does, does it fall on the school? Um, and then some of those deliverables, obviously you mentioned, but um, I just want to highlight that because it's not like the deal happens automatically, you know, like now content has to be created. Sure. So let's step back. First, first off, we at Learfield represent the brand's interest to the student athletes. Okay. So we do not represent student athletes. We're not an agent of student athletes when it comes to commercial endeavors. We represent the brand's interest in NIL and we bring the, that interest and those opportunities 
to the student athlete. And, and they are the ones that select the student athletes and dictate the type of creative campaign that they want to engage in. That's really important to know. From there, we have an official marketplace agreement with Open Doors. And so when we're putting together a Dunkin' uh, Donuts campaign or a Cheez-It campaign or a local partnership with like Summit Credit Union at Wisconsin, we engage Open Doors to have that transaction with the brand and the student athlete. So they handle the transaction on what the student athlete is going to get paid, making sure that they the deliverables on the contract with the student athlete and the brand is facilitated, fulfillment and activation to your point, and making sure that the deliverables, uh, whether it's posting on social media, it's an appearance, whatever expectation on the deliverables the student athlete fulfills that and shows proof of fulfillment, then we release payment through the Open Doors platform. The taxation, paperwork, all that, your W-9, all that's being handled by Open Doors, okay? So we're not ever engaging directly with the student athlete on facilitating payment through Learfield. It's always happening through our Open Doors marketplace. Now, when it comes to on the ground, making sure that the student athletes have support, it, that's that's critical. That's needed. And the brands aren't going to have the bandwidth or probably the endurance needed to, to have that white glove treatment and that you show up and that you deliver on, on what, what's needed and expected related to that campaign. What we've done at, we've got a handful of schools, we've got eight allied plus leaders, as we call them, where they're part of our Learfield staff. They're on campus every single day thinking about NIL and making sure that the brands are connecting to the student athletes and that activation and fulfillment is being facilitated perfectly. And we're seeing great success with it at the University of Oklahoma, Ohio State. We've got Western Kentucky, UAB, Arizona, NC State. So we've got a group of schools that see value in having that Allied Plus leader that is on the ground, that is direct line of sight for the student athletes to go to when they have questions about fulfillment, activation, where they need to show up to make sure that they fill, fulfill their, their brand commitments, as well as you know, coaches, staff, administration have a person that they can go to as well. And we just feel like that that's a, that's a really good solution for universities that, that, that want to have that campus engagement. Yeah, that's a tremendous value add too, especially having somebody on campus there. Now, my, my second question um, was just in regards to the IP. Now, do do you have a does Learfield have a partnership with all of the schools that some of the brands um, that are your clients are trying to get trying to work with their student athletes, or is it like do, do you have to, in other words? all of those allied plus or all of the schools that you work with, do you also have a separate branch that works with the brand to kind of make everything kind of come together? Or um, could it potentially just be a school that, that Learfield doesn't work with as well? So keep going with that. So I can make sure I'm answering and, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And or actually I, I just realized it was, a, I, I didn't phrase the question properly. So yeah. I guess the main question is what allows, so, so, so what allows uh, the IP to be used with the student athlete in this example is, is really what I'm curious about. Yeah. If brand partners want to use university IP, Mark's logos, uniform, 
the university IP with a student athlete NIL campaign, they have to work through us at Learfield. We are the rights holder. So all commercial use of intellectual property rights, whether it's a brand that wants to run a campaign with NIL or without NIL, use of those marks and logos, they have to work with us. For sure. And 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 it's definitely a tricky, a tricky subject as rules continue to change and as you know, NIL uh, um, adapts as time moves forward. But that's that was my other, I guess to to double click on that question is you know, you never want to have the opposite either. Like um, brands using um, uh, IP access to then get access to student athletes or vice versa, right? So you know the 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 challenge that comes to mind and 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 I'd love to hear your um, your your solution or your feedback on this is let's just say um, you know I'll, I'll think I'll use muscle milk because we used to have muscle milk at Quinnipiac. Let's say muscle milk yeah. um, has a deal with Quinnipiac athletics. Um, and you know, that was pre, let's just say it's a hundred thousand dollars to make it easy. And that was pre NIL now NIL maybe, and it's going to be case by case, but let's say muscle milk says, Hey, we're starting to see some ROI on the direct, um, affiliation with athletes. So I think it's very tricky to say now it's almost a conflict of interest between the school and the student athlete. Cause if muscle milk wants to work with the student athlete directly and say, Hey, let's just do 75 to the school and 25 directly to social media accounts, you know, like, so how do how have you seen um, Learfield, like, uh, you know, providing a solution to that challenge? Like, what, what is the solution to that challenge? And just to add one one more point to, you know, the potential conflict in, in brands, maybe spending less and in incorporating student-athlete NIL, that has happened in some instances. But what we've also discovered is we've had brands that been accustomed to a certain suite of marketing assets that have that may no longer be relevant so they've had them for a long time and now we've got this awesome opportunity with student athlete nil and the power of content creation and storytelling and the and the name image and likeness opportunities and and creativity uh that can be brought to a campaign with these these young leaders now that may retain a, a partner that was thinking about spending their their money somewhere else. And they're saying, you know what, that hundred thousand that I perceived that I was getting, you know, so, so results on I'm re-engaged and enthused on the student athlete NIL piece of this. And I want to incorporate it into my suite of marketing assets and, and see what it does to, uh, re-engage my customer base or my business partners or my employees. And, uh, and so it's a new opportunity that has never been allowed in the history of college athletics is now uh, something that brands are leaning in and discovering that there's a lot of things that they can, they can in different ways that they can engage uh, with student athletes to, uh, to amplify their their, their brands. Yeah, that's a great point. I, you know, like, like you said, marketing assets change over time, um, you know, along with the audience and, and, and social media and technology. And that's obviously oh. what, you know, Learfield has been following and, and that's kind of transitions into, you know, one of the last main points, which you talked about a little bit before the multimedia rights, but you know, those change as well. Like, you know, even um, I, I think we briefly discussed before, you know, like uh, 
let's just keep using this muscle milk uh, example, right? Like in the past, maybe them having a digital signage during the game on the ESPN broadcast is tremendously valuable, right? But I just distinctly remember, um, you know, back in the agency days, just saying, okay, there's this, you know, this 30 second TV spot for this brand for X amount of dollars. And I'm just like, man, like there's so many more valuable ways I feel like that they can be using this money, right. which obviously, um, you know, has, has shifted, right. Has come to fruition. Right. And so maybe can you just touch on like some of the changes that the multimedia rights has gone through and then really how, you know, I know you guys pride yourself on, um, on creating new categories and new revenue streams with that change. Um, maybe just touching on some of those that you've been able to provide for your clients. Yeah. You know, so the sponsorship package when I first started was you get X amount of radio spots, you get a static sign and then it became an led sign which was a big deal um you might get an in-game promotion uh a public address announcement something on the video board and some season tickets and then we started incorporating experiential into it it was all tied to an event and this was the genesis of you know when cole came in uh we were an event-based business at learfield that's how we sold and that's how we thought about things when it came to multimedia rights and, and you know i talked about pack yolan and clc and sidearm but when it come to came to multimedia rights it was really event driven with cole's leadership he's challenged us how do we connect with the college fan year round because they expect it the michigan fan expects content and engagement year round um and as the leading um technology and marketing company um, in, in, the, uh, in the university space, we have a responsibility to make sure that we're doing that, right? Um, with with uh, these, these uh, loyal college fans all over the country. And so um, what I think you're experiencing now in, in a sponsorship package is, okay, how do we have a digital campaign that connects with the brand and the student athlete voice and creative content that you can only see through this campaign of a student athlete experience uh, with behind the scenes practice footage or them walking across campus and incorporating that brand into that experience like I talked about with Duncan and making sure that the loyal uh, University of Florida uh, alumni that is up in Seattle, Washington, gets that ad. Mm -hmm. And that that is, you know, out, outside of football season or softball season or baseball season, in the middle of summer, they're making an authentic connection that provides meaningful content and brand engagement and student-athlete storytelling all brought together and de delivered on you know a digital platform that is meaningful to that university fan and i think that's where you know all the in-game assets that i just talked about that we have we've sold since the start of uh the multimedia rights business radio radio spots and are are, are very important to, to brand partners signage tv visible signage more important than ever right? With increased experience. The in-venue assets that we bring to the table are more important than ever. 
However, we've got the opportunities now to amplify those as well as create this unique content and deliver it to directly to the fans nationally, internationally, uh, year round in meaningful ways and in creative ways that it's never been done before. Yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful. It really is. And it's crazy. I'm just thinking back. I mean, it was less than 10 years ago that, you know, I remember, um, for, for some of the, some of the deals that we had, you know, at our, uh, at the sports marketing firm, it's like, I, I remember watching and, and sitting there with the, with a stop stopwatch clocking how mu- how many seconds the led, you know, this brand was showing in the led to make sure that we proved that, Hey, you're getting this value. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the 30 second spot and, you know, the halftime show and all the experiences pretty crazy, but, um, it's definitely exciting and, and leads to my next question on, you know, that, that was, if that change has happened over the, the last 10 years, what is what does this space look like in 10 years from now? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was at a Toyota Dealers Association meeting uh, a few months back, and they wanted to understand NIL. And I think there's two definitions of NIL out there right now. You've got the one definition, which is leading some of the headlines with the pay for play aspect and, you know, this $13 million uh, payment or guarantee to for a Florida quarterback through the collectives. And you've got that one definition. On the other side, though, you've got NIL, which is student-athlete influencer marketing. And that's what we do, right? In engagement of brands, uh, making sure that we've got fair market value uh, for deliverables on activation and assets and campaigns that are tied to uh, that student-athlete influencer marketing activity. And one of the Toyota dealers uh, said it best. He was like, hey, look, I've had a couple of student athletes come onto my car lot and ask for a Toyota Tundra. And it's like, I'm not going to give cars away. I'm not, I need to sell cars. But what I am interested in is, can, can we get access to student athletes that have a large following and that can talk? about how uh, growing up, they sat in their Toyota, their mom and dad's Toyota Tundra and were, were driven back and forth to practice every day. And the commitment and the resilience and the hard work that was needed to become an Oregon State student athlete or a University of Oregon student athlete and how Toyota can be incorporated into that storytelling experience and how we can connect that unique content with NIL and that storytelling to Beaver fans or Duck fans. That's what we want because that's what's going to create those authentic connections. And they're going to, that those loyal universities, uh, fan bases will appreciate it and they'll come buy cars from us. Yeah, that's 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 powerful, and I think it leads back to this just storytelling and 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 really how to draw emotion um, from student athletes that have an audience um, to to give back to ultimately drive sales mostly or whatever ROI uh, you know a brand wants, but everybody wins where the student athlete is either paid or given product or services. So, man, that's 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 powerful. I know uh, I know we've talked uh, a lot here. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we missed from these two topics that you want to talk about before we. Um, dive into uh, just an advice question here. I like to, yeah. I like to ask. You know, I just say, and Kevin, we talked about this in the beginning. I'm just excited about the soft skill benefits 
then NIL is going to provide student athletes. And from 18 to 22, if a student athlete receives their degree and um, learns all the, the, the benefits of competing on the field or on the court, right, and, 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 and striving to win championships, all that has been well documented. But now you can bring in the opportunities on the NIL front related to how these young people, these young leaders can talk to corporate partners and enhance their communication skills, how they understand the importance of showing up on time and fulfilling and activating their sponsor commitments, reading a contract, understanding that they have to pay taxes on, on the revenue that they earn, um, understanding what it's like to develop their personal brand and how they present, you know, what does their digital profile look like and what type of authentic connections and storytelling that they want to bring to the table and that the value that that has, right? If every student athlete experiences some of those things, they're going to be in a much better position than I was as a student athlete where I was sitting on that bench wondering what I do next. And never in my, my four years in college did I ever read a contract or think about developing my personal brand. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that just goes to prove that these real life lessons, um, you know, are why that it's, it's not just pay for play in some right. situations. Sure. But it, it, to the extent that student athletes want to, um, you know, want to learn and take advantage of it. I mean, I give the, the, the example all the time that, and I, I don't shy away from uh, telling people I scored seven career points in college, right? Career points, not per game, right? Seven career points, but I did have a following, you know, I, I, I did have a lot of friends. So what was stopping me from going to a local restaurant or bar or you name it and saying, hey, like what value can I bring you if I bring in my friends and maybe get a percentage of the bill or, you know, different uh, different ways to understand my value with sales and negotiations. Like knowing what I know now, looking back, that would have been tremendously valuable, right? It's little things like that. Yeah, you know, it's it, when I was at Cal, uh, Marshawn Lynch was our running back and I was the general manager leading our, our sponsorship sales uh, at the time. And Justin Forsett was his teammate. And the two of them were very aware, you know, credit them. They were very aware of their brand back then. And I remember us hanging signs, getting ready for a football game, or we were doing some, some sponsor activity. And Marshawn came up to me and was like, you know, what, what's going on here? What, what, are, what, are the, what are these signs about, right? So credit to Marshawn. And no surprise now, he's, he's got the beast mode enterprise, and he's done a very good job of developing his personal brand. But he was very aware and intentional about understanding the business of college athletics and what was going on around him as a student athlete back then. Can you imagine what Marshawn Lynch would have earned in NIL opportunities when he was a student athlete or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Jackson or any of those student athletes when I was at Cal? It's long overdue. And these student athletes absolutely need to have the opportunities for fair market value, brand engagement, and understand the benefits that come along with that and realize that. Without a doubt. And I think a great way to kind of wrap up this uh, 
you know, the session is uh, the, all these, all these stories just go to prove that, yeah, I think it could be the best thing that ever happened to college athletics. It yeah, really I, I, I believe that. Now, I know there's a lot of things that need to be worked out and there's a lot of smart people yep. that are working them out and Learfield is certainly leaning in. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of my job, it, job description with many other Learfield leaders at our company that are thinking about how we evolve this value proposition and continue to do it the right way and enhancing the student athlete experience and serving our university partners the right way as well. Uh, but it is, it's not going away. It's here to stay. And uh, when I think it's all said and done in 10, 15 years from now, we look back, I think everyone's going to recognize and appreciate that NIL is the best thing that's ever happened to college athletics. I agree, and I'm excited for that future. Well, I appreciate all of the insight here. Uh, the, the, as we wrap up here, the question I'd like to ask for, for any potential student-athletes listening is, um, what's some advice for, for a student-athlete um, that is trying to break into the sports industry um, outside of being a pro or maybe even thinking forward after their potential pro career? Any advice for them trying to break in, like what they should be doing now? Yeah, so I would, you know, going back to the Marshawn Lynch story that I told, right? I think it's really important for student athletes to, to be aware and understand um, the business of college athletics, for one, right? What's happening around them and inquire and be, and be curious. I also think it's important for them to um, put themselves out there and uh, you can get caught up in the routine of, of being in the weight room, being in the classroom, being on the field, and, and then going to bed and, you know, training table and getting up and doing it all over. That is a whole day and some. I think you really have to make time for yourself and understand what investments and what experiences and what internships and what relationship connections you want to make to develop and invest in yourself outside of your student athlete experience and, and, and whatever that is. Right. But usually that's got to be tied to the power of your personal brand development is is it's got to be at the top of that list. But the relationships that student athletes can unlock and develop because they are student athletes is really, really powerful. And most of the time it is under leveraged. And if they understand that a lot of people want to talk to them and a lot of people want to help them out. And NIL is, is kind of unlocked those doors in a lot of ways to make sure that they can have those uh, connections. It's, you gotta, you gotta fully flex it. And that's what I, that's what I recommend. Fantastic advice. I'll just quickly double, double click on that one. Yeah. I mean, the relationships that student athletes have while you're a student athlete is tremendously different than when you, the day after your season ends and you graduate. It really is, yeah. you know, even, even Kevin Tarka, seven career point, Kevin Tarka, collegiate basketball player is very different than Kevin Tarka, a uh, graduate. It, it just is, you know, athletes have this, this opportunity to unlock them. So um, I would uh, agree with you to take advantage of that. All right. Well, Matt, we can go all day here. The, the final thing I have for you, I call a sports business lightning round. I just ask you a handful of questions and you just got to fire the first thing that comes to your sure. mind. Okay. Here we go. Favorite color. Blue. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Coffee. Pizza or pasta? Ooh, pasta. Would you rather be able to speak to all animals or speak four languages fluently? All animals. 
What's your favorite country outside the one you're in now? I'm going to go Canada. What is one of your biggest strengths? I I would just say I'm uh, enthusiasm. I, I I love engaging with people. Who is one of the first people to really believe in you? Uh, I got two people, my mom and dad. I can't leave one of them out. Love it. What is one of your biggest fears? I'm missing out on experiences. If you could have dinner and drinks with anyone in the world, dead or alive, uh, who's just one of the first people that comes to your mind? Because I'm sure there are many. Well, I had I had dinner and drinks with Coach Wooden, which was incredible. We can talk about that another day. Um, but if yeah. I were to, I, I'd probably say it's Abraham Lincoln or Jesus Christ. <laughs> two great ones. Two great ones. And last one here, if you could turn back time and talk to 18-year-old Solly, what would you tell him? I would say just uh, I think it talk you know talking about relationships and the power of relationships um, that really understanding the power of that and it took me decades to uh, develop that but I you know as an eighteen year old I think we get so tied up into the transactional side of things um, if you engage and give and dig deep. The true wealth is not monetary; it's in it's in relationships, and and that's that's what I tell my eighteen year old self. Amazing. Well, Sully, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time here to educate some of our audience and myself, um, and uh, definitely looking forward to sharing this one with uh, with the crowd here. Yeah, thank you for having me, Kevin. It was awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening, my friends. If you enjoyed the episode or if it brought you any value at all, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you share it on social media, make sure you tag me at Kevin Tarka. If there are any topics that you want me to dive into or any guests you'd love for me to have on the show, just shoot me a message and I will do my best to make it happen. Have an amazing day and hope to see you back here soon.